This episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef's vegan recipes are full of plant-based proteins and wholesome sides. Go to greenchef.com slash nomeat130 and use code nomeat130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. This episode is also brought to you by our brand new Complement Daily Greens with five science-backed greens for powerful benefits. Go to nomeatathlete.com slash daily-greens and save up to 25% when you order today. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Okay, Matt, I think this will hopefully be the last time I mention our, our, our office renovation. <laughs> um, All right. Because it's pretty much done. Paint finished yesterday. We got just a couple finishing touches, and then we'll be ready to go. Um, but for the first time since uh, since I moved from D.C., so the first time in like eight years, I've spent a significant amount of time working outside of the house because I like rented this little space. Um, and... You know, I think a lot of people are probably working from home now and kind of getting back into that or like maybe for the first time they're, you know, post COVID, but are working from home. And what I have realized throughout this whole thing is that I do really well when I um, go places for a couple hours a day. So if I'm not in like at that office or at my home office or anything like that, like I'm actually kind of leaving the house to go to a coffee shop or go uh, just change my scenery for an hour or two a day do you ever do anything and like what that? well what what made you realize this you're saying you you've been out of your home office for yeah so i've been several I, hours? so yeah my routine in the home office was just very comfortable right i mean i would not really wash my face or do my hair or hardly get dressed right and i'd sit in that office you know all day by myself um and uh you know kind of come and go from the from the house or whatever to get food or something like that but but never really leave the property and i would go days sometimes without ever leaving the property um Mm -hmm. but now that i've been forced into this uh work office situation that's a lot less comfortable and i'm already out and i'm like downtown so there's like coffee shops right nearby walking distance or whatever um i found myself frequently kind of leaving that office space and going to sit at a coffee shop or sit somewhere else because i'm already kind of out and about and and what i'm finding is that if i'm if i'm disrupting that uh, that like sit at my desk time or stand at my desk time, mm-hmm. then um, I don't know. It's just my productivity has just increased, I think, significantly. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I believe that. Uh, it's funny. I just this morning had a thought kind of related to this. I uh, have run out of coffee. My trade coffee subscription ended. My, my, mm. my, my three trial bags were done, um, which was I was sad about. So, but anyway, yeah. I uh, I failed to buy new coffee again, which sometimes I do that. I forget to buy new, or I just don't until the last minute, and had to run out to uh, the store two mornings in a row, or the, the coffee shop two mornings in a row to grab something. And I thought for a second, there's because we just we moved like a month ago, and there's a nice little downtown, very small little downtown, but there's a coffee shop there where you can go and you know hang out like people do at coffee shops, um, but. I've just been running to Starbucks and just get a coffee and bring it back home. It's only 10 minutes away or less. And it's very quick. And I get home and then I just do my comfortable routine with coffee here. Uh, but I just thought, like, I used, in the old days, pre-COVID days, I would, I'd be more likely to go out and have coffee mm. out. It would seem like a fun thing to do. But now I'm so in the routine of just yeah. be at home that it's like, it's way easier just to go get it and not... I mean, even if I don't have it at home, it's easier for me to go out to Starbucks and bring it back home than it is to go out and, like, pack up my laptop in a backpack and go, you know, go to the coffee shop. It just doesn't seem that appealing anymore. Uh, but I, I don't know why. I think it's just because I've got gotten so comfortable in the home routine. Yeah. So, so I mean, that that was the same for me. I mean, it just never even, like, really crossed my mind to go get coffee because why would you leave? You got your office set up right there. Right, right. Um, but... Uh, I'm just telling you, Spinner has been really nice. It's been really good. And I, I actually, you know, what you telling that story reminded me of an Instagram post you posted a while ago. If you were, uh, I don't forget where you were. Oh, you were yeah, in, the, in, San, in San were for the race. Yeah. Yep. You were like at a coffee shop. And you're like, man, this is, I forget what it said, but it was something along the lines of like, this is taking me back to my early blogging days and I'm 
really having some good writing sessions here at this coffee shop. Uh huh. And I think that change of environment, you know, when you start a new project or like when you're transitioning from one project to the another or something like that can just be really, really helpful. Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, and I'm sure there are a whole lot of, of places that, uh, that applies nowadays. Like, for example, like I have a home gym set up now. That, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a home gym. It's a, it's a little space where I can do home workout stuff. But that means I don't need to go to a regular gym anymore. But I used to, like, when I did have to go to a regular gym, I actually really liked it. And it was, I mean, I didn't love it, but, like, it was it was a positive experience to go there and see people and interact. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's weird, this post-COVID world that, like, people are so used to not having to interact with. Like, it's like we, we sort of uh, <laughs> ripped off the Band-Aid of, like, needing social interaction. And somehow now it's like we don't need it anymore. Um, but that's not the right phrase. It's not that we don't need it anymore. It's that we don't, maybe don't realize that it's so important for us. I don't know. Um, but weird, weird, weird stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I encourage you to get out and about like, yes. we, like we used to go out. I should do that. <laughs> Somebody's going to get that reference. Or just when get a, do, uh, email oh, me. I didn't, I didn't, there was a reference. I didn't, mm-hmm. what was it? What, to one of your like jam band kind of things? <laughs> no, to the musical Rent. Ah, out okay. and about like we used to go out. Would you light my candle? <laughs> wow. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> well, we got another episode today. This is kind of our third in a in a series that we're going to wrap up here. Mm-hmm. That is right. Um, and the the it, it started from we kind of looked at revisited this blog post. Eleven questions new vegan athletes have but are too afraid to ask. You know, maybe that's a little dramatic, but, um, you know, I think that the basic idea is that we're, we're kind of, this is, it was intended to be a vegan FAQ kind of quick reference, all the questions that people, um, that new vegans have, uh, about, you know, performance and eating and all that good stuff. So we're kind of, uh, here at part three, which is about food. Yes, like food. it is about, it is about, and we, we did a, we did one that was kind of about food it was more about the impact of the diet and stuff like that on things um this one is about more practical day-to-day how do you actually eat um i mean like these answers are going to sound obvious i think to us because we've been doing it for a while um Mm -hmm. not that not that someone who's been doing this for a while won't get some value out of this i hope that you still do but uh i think if this i don't know i'm at least i'm going to try to frame this if i was talking to someone brand new to this uh how would you do it? And and I think, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of uh, a whole still a whole lot of unknown stuff around around uh, a lot of mystery around going plant based. So I th- hopefully this will this will clear up some of that. Yeah. So all right, let's all get right. into it. First one, Doug, which we'll pair with another one. First one is um, what are the best meals for vegan athletes? Just generally, what what are you wanting to eat as a vegan athlete? Because when we started Nomad Athlete, or when I started Nomad Athlete back in 2009, it was a very weird thing that you would eat uh, back then, even just for me, vegetarian diet uh, and be an athlete. It seemed like a crazy niche idea that you could do that. Um, a few people were doing it, but it just wasn't very popular. Um, and so now, you know, vegan is, is a step further, obviously. It doesn't seem so weird anymore, but I think still people have trouble visualizing what do you actually eat in a given day. It's hard for people who aren't vegan often to picture what vegans eat that isn't just salad like it's like that's sort of what i think people still picture when they picture vegan diet they forget about all these calorie dense foods that exist um and the one the question that kind of goes with really nicely is can i hit my macronutrient needs without eating meat um and so these are almost the same question right like like if you're talking as an athlete about eating a plant-based diet that's a little bit different from just being a you know person who's not active at all eating a plant-based or vegan diet, the person who's not active at all probably doesn't really care that much about macronutrient needs. Not that the athlete mm-hmm. has to, but but it just seems like your macronutrient mix is going to have a little bit bigger impact on you if you're an athlete than if you are uh, not. If you're just, if you're, you know, pretty inactive, you know, maybe your total calorie intake is going to affect how you feel and look but I don't think the precise blend of protein to carbohydrate to fat is going to matter all that much unless you're following some super extreme or, or super uh, specific diet where you're really trying to hit something. Uh, but again, if you're not that active, it just it, to me it's unlikely that you're going to be following uh, a diet like that. 
Um, right. Unless you're trying to lose weight, which is a which is another thing we'll get to. So anyway, let's uh, let's talk about this. I guess maybe we should start with the with the macronutrient thing because that's that's will sort of steer the other one. Um, I mean, the short answer is yes. You can hit your macronutrient needs on a vegan diet. It it seems to me that almost any diet you want, you can do. I mean, as far as macronutrient ratio goes, you can find a way to get there with a with a vegan diet. There's vegan keto. Um, in fact, I just hung out this past week with uh, Whitney Lauritsen, used to be eco vegan gal. Uh, yeah. On that was her her space now. But anyway, she's written a book about uh, about vegan keto, and you know it can be done. It's not not even what, when what that came that up. Look like. I yeah. asked her that, and and I don't fully remember. I think it was nuts and seeds, oils, lots of vegetables. Okay. Yeah. Nuts, Which seeds. Is, so you can't because you can't eat beans, right? And no grains. Right. I'm pretty sure. I don't know the, a lot of the specifics of keto, but I'm pretty sure those are not on it because uh-huh. the carbohydrate. So, uh, yeah. Which is it? You know, I've not. It's not. When I was looking at like fat loss type diets and stuff like that, just as I was getting into kettlebells more, um, I did come across that fairly frequently. The idea that like in some sort of a, a cutting phase for a bodybuilder, that they might eat just vegetables sautéed in oil a lot. Like that would be their hmm. their common food. Like the idea of I don't know. It seems like the, this idea that eating oil and eating fat uh, that that doesn't work for fat loss. That idea seems to be kind of old. I know certain diets will say that it. You can't have oil because it's too calorically dense. Uh, but it seems that in the absence of of sugar and, and for the most part, carbohydrate, uh, oil can trigger fat loss or, or, you know, eating fat can trigger fat loss. So anyway, um, my point is, you know, keto diet can be hit. Uh, it's obviously, I think obviously, pretty easy to hit uh, a high-carb, low-fat diet if that's the goal. The fruitarian thing is a good example, 80-10-10 where it's eighty yep. percent carbohydrate, ten percent protein, ten percent fat. Um, that's I would say on the easier end to hit on a plant based diet. Um, now hold on, before we move on from that, you, you did a fruitarian for a while, you experimented with it. Yeah. Did you lose weight at that time or gain weight? What what did that look yeah, like? Yeah, I I did lose weight. Um, I forget how much I don't remember what my starting weight was or anything. But I know that that was one of the reasons that I stopped doing it after like a month maybe, or maybe it was two months. Um and I was never like fully, fully strict on it, but I was, I was fairly strict. Um, yeah, I was just that one of the reasons I stopped was I was just losing too much because I was running a lot at the time and it just, it just mm-hmm. got to be too much. So, uh, more, more though, it was like, I wasn't convinced that it was a healthy thing for the long term. I was sort of in the back of, well, in the, actually the front of my mind, I was wondering, do you need more fat than this? Like, is, is this little amount of fat, 10% of your calories actually healthy for the long, in the long run? And the people that I was reading and listening to then, like Joel Furman, um, they kind of had me convinced that that was not enough. So, um, you know, just for brain health and all these other things. Sure. So anyway, um, but, you know, no knock against Rotarian. It's cool. I felt amazing. It's, it's a really neat thing, and that community is cool and they're passionate. And uh, it's fun. It's fun to eat that way. Like, if you get used to eating a watermelon for lunch and – whatever mangoes for dinner like it's amazing how you i mean you just feel off the charts energy and you feel like you're eating so clean and good i don't know it's, it was fun um and so anyway so that's like we can do high carb you can you can get high fat without too much trouble just by basically adding a lot of oil or nuts to your to your diet um the high protein diet like would be I mean, is the last one. If you can get high protein, then obviously you can then find some blend of these three things and you can get whatever macronutrient ratio you want. Uh, I would say high protein is the hardest one to get on a plant-based diet, which is shouldn't be a surprise. Um, it's also the one that, like, I don't I don't think anyone should really be eating a high-protein diet. Like, it's the keto people. I don't Even the paleo people, I think, have backed off a little bit of how much protein they think you should be getting. Uh I don't know. It just seems like to me any any diet built around longevity is protein is one of the things you don't want to get too much of. So mm-hmm. I don't think you want to getting get an eighty percent protein diet. That that would be not a good idea. Except for opinion. Liver King. Except for what? Liver King. I, I don't know what that is. Guy? Is it like Burger King? No, it's this Instagram influencer guy who. Nah, we didn't need to go down this <laughs> this rabbit hole, but no? basically he he just like he eats like raw liver and 
uh, just like raw meat all the time. Oh. That's like his his diet his thing. Okay, good. And he's jacked. I think he's probably on <laughs> steroids too. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, no, no I don't doubt at all. You can get jacked eating eating a ton of protein. I, I believe that. I just don't think it's gonna help you yeah. live very long. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so like, so I would say protein's the hardest one to get. So if if you have strict macronutrient ratios, your challenge is gonna be the protein. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means. To me, you'll kind of start to make compromises in other areas if you are doing it. So, like, you can get a high-protein plant-based diet by eating plant-based protein powder now, and there are plenty of them that, that you know, don't come with a lot of fiber or carbohydrate, and they're pretty much just protein. Um, shout out complement protein. Shout out complement protein. But, you know, you wouldn't want to build your diet around protein powders. I mean, if you do that, you're missing out on the whole benefits of a, of a plant-based diet, I mean, other than the... the humaneness of it uh which is mm-hmm. still so good but yeah so so yeah i, I remember robert cheek is, is a good example here because he used to kind of just like pound like like vegan hot dogs and uh bean burgers and or uh bean burritos and stuff like that just like not not terrible food i mean obviously he's still vegan but like uh just not really health food and certainly not whole foods and that was his way of, of really getting a ton of of protein and then he kind of shifted his philosophy away from needing that much protein and focusing on whole foods and um centering his diet more around beans and and lentils and and grains and stuff like that and and i you know my understanding is that he he just basically increased his calories and uh and with that increased the amount of protein that he had and uh and was finding uh, you know the the right ratio for him to still be able to hit his his goals and uh and still be able to gain muscle without a lot of that processed stuff that came from a super high protein diet that he was going after before that seems yeah and, and i think yep i mean i think i think what he was eating back in the day like in his first book which was called vegan bodybuilding and fitness um maybe just vegan bodybuilding i don't remember but um i remember one of the things in there was like tofu sandwiches and you're right the vegan hot dogs not not like the disgusting gross as far as like processed ingredients like they were just made out of tofu i think for the most part so it's not like they were awful for you, um, but he came to realize that that. Well, I mean, he came to to be open to the idea that maybe you didn't need that much protein. He took a T. Colin Campbell his uh, the the E. Cornell nutrition yep. course certification thing. He took that, and that kind of opened his mind to the idea that maybe you don't need this much protein. And I think he sort of skeptically tried doing it for a while, um, and and found that he he got to his heaviest weight he'd ever reached uh which is a good thing in in bodybuilding world he and it was muscle like he was he got to his strongest and biggest ever um so like i think i I think if you want to be like well i shouldn't i should i should qualify this by saying i really don't know much about bodybuilding at all (laughs) i think if you want to become um world-class bodybuilder it seems to me like those people are eating a ton of protein um but if you look at robert cheek uh, whatever seven years ago when he was eating a very very clean diet and reached i think what it was his heaviest weight um you know like he 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 was a vegan bodybuilder then i don't know i don't know if he had sort of retired from competing but he was as big as anybody not a bodybuilder would want to be like it's not like it's not like you, you could look at his diet and say well you know if, if he was eating more protein he could be bigger and i need to be bigger than that any any you know normal person who's not trying to be a bodybuilder they wouldn't desire to be bigger than than he got so he's, he's a pretty good example for me that like you can get to be as big as you might reasonably need to be or want to be uh eating a diet that is not that high in protein so anyway um so to wrap that up i guess the answer is yes within reason when you're talking about protein you can you can hit any sort of macronutrient ratio you want especially if you're willing to use protein powders uh and obviously the more of those you're willing to use the the more you can get but even if you said i'm not going to have any protein powder whatsoever i'm just going to eat beans and nuts and whole grains and even vegetables for protein um you can get something like 15 to 20 percent of your calories from protein if that becomes your your focus and 15 to 20 percent of your calories is is a decent amount so if, if you're eating 2500 calories per day 10 percent of that would be 250 calories per day 20 percent of that would be 500 calories per day and since there's four calories in a gram of protein 500 calories would be like 125 grams of protein so mm. that's a that's a pretty decent amount of protein and and like i just said it's not that hard to get that 
that 20% number um, with food. Uh, right. So, you know, like that's, that's reasonable. Now that's not the same as, as getting 200 grams of protein per day. If you're trying to do something like that, then you're going to have to probably rely on powders and, or supplements or whatever. Um, but yeah, like within reason, I feel like you can hit macronutrient ratios without too much trouble. Yep. So then so, the other part so of the question just, would be what, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say what, what meals would help you yeah, do that. That's what I was going to say too. All right. Well, why don't you, I've been talking for a while. Doug, why don't you tell us some, uh, some of the meals that you as an athlete, you know, shift, aim, tend towards. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I like uh, meals that um, require no recipe and kind of allow you to throw whatever you have in the kitchen or the, ca- or the, or the, or the cabinet into it. You know, and those are typically things like stir fries or pastas or burritos or something like that where there's like there's a grain base and then you're just kind of adding – different beans and different veggies and different greens and kind of building your meal from there that we, we, that's kind of how we structure most of our meals. And, um, and that happens to be a really good way to fuel, at least, you know, for me, for endurance sports, um, a really good way for me to get, uh, a decent amount of carbs, but also a ton of veggies and, um, and some protein through either beans or tofu or something like that. So, um, that, that's kind of the approach I take. And, uh, that, so that would be for dinners, uh, for breakfast, it's it's usually oatmeal or a smoothie, and um, and again you can add in lots of nuts and seeds to either of those. You can add uh, protein powder to either of those. You can add fruit and other healthy you know essential foods that are foods that you want to eat um, to either of those. And so that you know it's kind of I like I like the the meals that uh, allow for whatever you got, whatever you need. Yeah, well, I mean, the good thing about those kind of meals, this is not the way that I eat, by the way. Uh, we typically follow recipes, and, you know, they say put in a specific amount of this, and I tend to do that. Um, the way that you're talking about eating is actually the much better one if you are trying to hit macronutrient ratios like we just talked about. Because mm-hmm. if you're making a burrito, you can, and if you're willing to figure out the numbers and all that stuff, then, which a lot of people who are who are focused on macro goals they they're okay with focusing on numbers and making spreadsheets of their food and all this stuff and you can figure out exactly how many black beans should go in your burrito given the you know type of wrap that you're using and how many vegetables and how much rice and you can pretty much tweak that to get exactly the macronutrient ratio you're aiming for uh, and then do that throughout the day and you know you'll get you'll get exactly what you're going for um the way that i tend to eat is not like that um like i said following recipes but even if we're not following recipes, I still don't really, um, I don't know. I guess I try to cook like more like based on what it's going to, how the food's going to turn out than, than what the nutrition is, which I think you, you do too. I'm not, it's not like you're doing stuff just for, just for the nutrition. Um, and so like, I'm just trying to think like, so when I typically make a, it's, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing my approach isn't really incompatible with yours. But I'm like, I was ready to go to my green, green bean thing. And yeah. what I do here is like, if we are, if I'm looking for a recipe as opposed to making a meal from, from scratch, but like if I'm looking for a recipe, I'm typically hoping that it will have grains, greens, and beans in it. Uh, if I can get those things in a lunch and a dinner, or often it's just a dinner and that, that dinner might be leftovers the next day. Um, you know, I know that the macronutrients are going to take care of themselves. They're going to end up in a range that, for me, is reasonable. And the grain is usually not the problem. The grain is almost always the base of a lot of these meals. Some of them don't have a bean in them. Like if I make a pasta that has, you know, just some sort of sauce with it, um, I will usually add beans to that or or make the pasta, um, you know, choose bonza pasta, which is made from beans, Um in which case, then I guess you got to then you got to get the grain in there, but <laughs> but my point is like or, or the greens obviously if very very many meals as we've said before it's just easy not to eat your greens because they just tend not to be like the central part of a meal so a lot of meals don't rely yeah. on them therefore it's really easy to leave them off the plate if you're in a hurry um, and so a lot of times it'll be maybe I'll have a pasta and bean thing that is that's the recipe but then we'll add some greens in or we'll have greens on the side of that. So, like, that framework works really well for me. Ensuring you get those greens in there ensures that you're also going to get the micronutrition and not just the, the macronutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I do that, I kind of, like I said, do that based on 
the taste of the meal and I would try to add the right amount of greens that to me makes sense in that meal. But I suppose if you were, you know, had the same idea, you were always trying to get a green, green bean, you could, you could still do that in this macronutrient framework where you're just trying to pick the amounts of the stuff exactly to hit the numbers you want. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't call it incompatible. Um, but I think uh, my approach is maybe a little more freewheeling than yours. We still rarely follow recipes Mm -hmm. Uh, unless we're using Green Chef or something like that, um, or, mm -hmm. or have like something that we're excited to kind of try out. Um, right. And, and uh, so it's just kind of more of a go-by-feel, but um, that doesn't mean they taste bad, Matt. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Um, uh, so we haven't actually yeah. given that many examples of, of meals. I mean, you gave a few, but like if you were considering eating this way and you just haven't quite done it... Um, I think we've both Impossible mentioned Whoppers. pasta, Impossible Whoppers. If you really want it, you can do that on the road. <laughs> it's a fun, fun diversion. Mm -hmm. um, the stir fry is is always a good one and very easy to do. Grain, green bean, also very easy to tweak according to macronutrient stuff. Um, last night we had uh, we had bang and barda. You know that dish, Doug? Indian dish. I do not. It's an, egg, no. it's an eggplant dish. Uh, it's in a lot of Indian restaurants, and it's it's okay. usually vegan, vegetarian. But anyway, we we have it. We had an instant pot recipe um, for it, and had that. So there's another example, just sort of an Indian dish. I don't know if you'd call that a curry, but uh, Indian curry, of course, always a good valid option. Um, tacos, kind of a common thing for us, um, mm -hmm. and that's actually one of our non-recipe meals. We we have a few taco recipes that we do, but often we will just throw that one together. Um, what other common common meals are there, Doug, for a vegan athlete? Uh, pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Yep. Yep. Homemade pizza is always good. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. Sandwiches? <laughs> don't, I, I guess. You don't know, you know something funny? This is a what? side tangent, but I, I got a crack out of it. Um, Okay, so uh, my our health insurance company sent us like kind of an update on our on our status of you know all the spending and all that stuff. And at the very top of it, they they tried to highlight um, a health tip at the you know in like big bold letters and like this colorful box at the top. And it was it was want to improve your nutrition, eat a sandwich. <laughs> Sandwiches can be can be like a healthy addition to any diet. And and Katie and I looked at each other. We're like, what? Like. Everybody eats sandwiches. What like it, sandwiches aren't inherently good for you, you know? <laughs> they can be, I guess, but like I don't know, it just seemed like this very bizarre tip to me for a health insurance company to be like zeroing in on a sandwich. I I actually saw this as well, and it struck me as like an interesting thing. I don't know if everybody eats sandwiches cuz I can't remember the last time I ate a sandwich. Uh but I do agree with you it seems like a weird health tip, and maybe it's because I'm vegan and like maybe vegans don't eat that many sandwiches um because like once know, they just they just seem like the like the most uh like standard thing right I yeah mean, like I like not not that i eat sandwiches every day or anything like that but like you know i grew up eating sandwiches you know it's not like this new kind of trendy right. thing right. to do you know it's like have a so, have a salad or something <laughs> it's like eat I a sandwich I, I may be mistaken i think the thing actually said it was actually suggesting to have the sandwich for dinner uh, okay. because what I concluded in my head was compared to probably almost everybody's dinner, a sandwich is going to be lower amount of total calories than, than their dinner is. Oh, Not okay. universally true because you could certainly make your sandwich very high calorie if you, if that was your goal. Uh -huh. But I just thought if someone who usually eats a giant plate of, you know, pasta or beef stroganoff or you know steak on the grill or whatever like if instead one night you just have a sandwich to me that's kind of like when you and i i said like there's those, those days when you're so busy and you end up eating like an apple and a big mm -hmm. handful of nuts yeah. for dinner yeah, yeah. and i feel mm -hmm. like that was actually a really healthy dinner that i just ate because i didn't eat that many calories and i just had some whole foods i wonder if that's kind of what they were getting at i agree with you though it's a very weird sounding tip okay but perhaps All right. perhaps studies have shown that if you ate a sandwich for dinner you ate you know in general lower calories than everybody else and that's maybe, maybe some maybe some lettuce or something because you're throwing lettuce on there. Yeah, tomato. I mean it's too bad that that's that that is the state of pe most people's 
diet. <laughs> yeah, any sandwich helps, is going to be a bitter. Be, yeah. Yeah. Eat a right. sandwich, you know, that's slathered in mayonnaise and, <laughs> right, and right. meat cuts. I don't yeah. know. I thought it was funny. Okay, so that does make a little bit more sense. Maybe I uh, maybe I should revisit the tip and not uh, not bash. You should say that for a downward money. facing dog and ba- ba- bashed oh. our United Healthcare. <laughs> I should have. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so I mean, I think that sandwiches, you know, uh, that could be a good meal for a, a plant based athlete. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, like, I think just bowls in general. Like, pe- people make a bowl. Oh, of bowls. Whatever. Yeah, of course, bowls. Yeah, yeah. you put you put stuff in. I, I mean. It, it could be pasta like it could be stir fry like um it could be burrito the fillings of a burrito but in a bowl I, I mean that's just that's just a vegan meal that shows up all the time and again like infinitely flexible with with the proportions of things so you can hit exactly what nutrient ratios you want um also very easy to do grain green and bean like that's kind of mm-hmm. where that that idea came from you just throw those things in a bowl put some kind of sauce on it or or not uh and you have a decent meal it doesn't maybe sound like a decent meal to someone who's kind of new to eating this way but um nutritionally like the sandwich idea like the have an apple and a handful of nuts idea if you just put three healthy things in a bowl and eat them and season them until they taste good uh that turns out even though it doesn't seem like a square meal maybe it turns out to be a pretty good one as far as health goes yeah i i got i got one more or two more two more meal ideas and then we should move on we should thank uh, our first... sponsor, point two, and tie it into the bowl idea. Oh, oh yes, yes, good. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, like chilies, like soups and chilies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know oh, there you go. Going soup into the summertime. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But yeah. uh, we make a lot of those, and uh, they're so easy to make homemade and pretty inexpensive, and can be very healthy. And mm-hmm. then, then um, the other thing that I was going to mention is something we've been getting into recently, which I may have mentioned several years ago because we got into it then too, but. Something that's entered our rotation, re-entered our rotation, uh, is baked potatoes, but either baked white potatoes or sweet potatoes, uh, with with the quinoa like a base, like yeah, basically a bowl, but like a quinoa and some roasted veggies, and then a baked potato, some mm-hmm. sort of sauce on top, and maybe a bean. Very delicious. Yeah, I haven't eaten that way in a long time, but uh, we used to do that too, where like the center of your meal would be a baked potato, and then you might put salsa on it, and maybe some black mm-hmm. beans on top surround it with a little bit of broccoli or something and then like that's your meal that's kind of a weird Mm -hmm. meal but it it worked yeah definitely all right so uh speaking of food and delicious meals why don't we pause for a second to thank our sponsor we've teamed up with green chef with fresh produce premium vegan proteins and organic ingredients you can trust green chef is the number one meal kit for eating well Go to greenchef.com slash nomeat130 and use code nomeat130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Green Chef provides the most sustainable meal kits by offsetting 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. Plus, their pre-portioned ingredients mean you'll actually reduce your food waste by at least 25% compared to grocery shopping. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Doug, as I often point out when we read uh, Green Chef ads is that to me the hardest part of of meal planning is meal planning. <laughs> the hardest part of making the dinners <laughs> is the actual picking of the meal. Uh, we have forty or fifty cookbooks. I don't know how many cookbooks we have, but it it's amazing the difficulty of finding one single recipe to eat when we have that many things because it just I don't know it's just overwhelming. You don't know where to start. So um, you know whoever plans the meal in our house always gets a gold star for just taking it upon themselves to do it so green chef does that for you that's the best thing about this uh in my opinion um we just recently had their cauliflower and couscous bowls uh hey, i was I gonna was, call this one out too because yeah, it is smoky it was very season. delicious it was that was my i think my favorite green chef meal yet uh and mm-hmm. my kids loved it i loved it in fact there were there were very few leftovers for me to have the next day but i did have a small lunch uh but we just we just ate that one up so um very good yep. example there of a of a typical vegan meal uh, although that one tasted better than than a typical one, I must say. You know, uh, you know what, what we have been, like what what stands out the most to us about Green Chef, is what? how delicious their sauces are. Have you noticed mm. that their vegan sauces are just so good? I'm a sauce guy, and yeah. uh, I love a good sauce, <laughs> and they're yeah, just we- so good. And the cauliflower couscous bowl had um, had this like herb miso tahini sauce. Yeah, the tahini sauce was that just, was delicious. Oh man, it was so good. With Green Chef, you get hand-picked organic veggies and premium plant-based protein so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got on your table. 
Go to greenchef.com slash nomeat130 and use code nomeat130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. This episode is also brought to you by our very own Daily Greens. When it comes to plant foods, it is hard to beat a leafy green. On a a per-calorie basis, they're the most nutrient-rich foods you can find. But most of us aren't getting nearly enough. As we were saying, it's easy to leave them off of your plate. They're often not the star of the show. Enter compliments, brand new Daily Greens. Daily Greens is a greens powder, the greens powder that we always wanted for ourselves and for our families, one that lives up to the promise of diverse real food greens, convenient for at-home use or on the go. Daily Greens formula starts with the latest science on well-rounded, nutrient-rich greens and how much of each you need to experience the benefits. By focusing on just five greens, barley grass, spinach, corella, broccoli sprouts, and moringa, the organic formula zeroes in on the ingredients that have the biggest impact. And the best part is that most of those greens, with maybe the exception of, of spinach, are greens that you're probably not getting otherwise. Right now, we're offering a very special early bird discount on Daily Greens of up to 25% off your first order. But listen up, everybody. This deal ends today, Thursday, May 12th. So don't wait. If you uh, are listening to this after the day that this episode drops, then uh, I'm sorry you missed the discount, but you can still head over to nomadathlete.com slash dailygreens to learn more and save 25%. Save 25%. That's nomadathlete.com slash daily greens get your greens gotta get those greens that should be our tagline get your greens get your greens all right um back to the food we're on to before uh, hey before we jump in i gotta say i'm a little disappointed we didn't get another message on our on our hotline we got no messages even though we got those hundreds those previous I know, it's kind of weird. We got, like, we were just bombarded with all these messages and and (laughs) sharp drop-offs. So go to 828-585-6585, call us, leave a message, and we will play your message if it's a relevant question to many people on the air and uh, and try to answer it as best we can. Look at that. I mean, all you have to do to get your question read on the podcast is submit a reasonable question, a reasonable, relevant <laughs> thing. It doesn't have to be a brilliant anything. Just, just. No, I mean, you, no. you can do it. You can embed a secret code message in it if you want that only your friends will get or only Ooh. you'll get. It could be mm-hmm. one of those play it backwards things and subliminal messages. Get, I mean, whatever you want, we will broadcast it. Just submit something reasonable and we'll put it on the air. How's that for a call, call to action? <laughs> I like it. That was good. 828-585-6585. Just be reasonable. That's all we got. <laughs> yes, that's all we ask. <laughs> all right, on to uh, the second part here. Two more questions to go together. Uh, can I gain weight on a vegan diet, and can I lose weight on a vegan diet? Uh, the answer is yes, but yes, yes, but it's it's not harder or easier than another diet to do those things. You know, maybe that's mm-hmm. not true. Maybe it is because, well, I should say, maybe one of the things it has going for it. Is that typically a vegan diet, or at least the kind we recommend, a plant-based, you know, whole food, plant-based version of that, uh, not in a strict sense, not, not that we're saying you can't eat any oil, but like mostly focusing on fruits, vegetables, greens, nuts and seeds, grains, actual real whole foods. Um, I tend to think that if you are eating most of your food that way, then whatever your goals are, you probably will move towards those a little bit faster than if you were getting that same macronutrient ratio, but doing it with junk food. Fair to say, Doug? Like, if you're trying to build muscle, you could hit the same macronutrient mix with junk food, and you'll probably gain weight if you're eating enough. But you're just probably going to... I have a feeling you will like the results better if you do it with whole foods. You'll probably get more muscle and yeah. less fat. Um, and and I, likewise, I would say that's, likewise, that's the case going, with any diet, though, right? Not just a plant-based yeah, diet. Yeah, no, right. But I'm just saying the plant-based diet, one of the great things about plant-based is that it is, sort of, it is based in plants. So yes. by default... You know, we're going to be getting that stuff. It doesn't mean it doesn't come with challenges because it does. Uh, particularly for me is, is the gain weight part of it. It's mm-hmm. plant foods. Those types of plant foods specifically um, are not calorically dense. That's what makes this diet pretty well suited to weight loss and very sustainable form of weight loss, healthy, sustainable weight loss. Um, but but if you're trying to, like, get a ton of calories, it makes it a little bit tougher. And you you may need to make compromises and eat some foods that aren't as whole, uh, and you know, therefore are more calorically dense. Uh, this could include things like protein powders. 
could also include things uh, like lots of oils, uh, could include even the vegan junk foods if you really wanted to get a lot of calories in a very small space. Doesn't mean you have to, though. Like you mentioned Robert Cheek a little while ago. He, he was all about whole foods back in that era when, when he was uh, putting on lots and lots of muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, you know, recently, especially like, I think as I've gotten older, I'm not quite the hard gainer that I was when I was younger. Um, <laughs> and it's actually been a good thing. Like, I don't have as much problem putting on muscle as I used to. It used to be really hard for me in college to, to add any muscle no matter what I ate. Um, but these days, I don't know. I think I just probably don't metabolize stuff as fast. And it's not that hard for me to, to put on muscle, even on a plant-based diet. So, uh, Doug, I'll let you speak in a minute. But to me, like, to me, the strategy is really just, they're just two opposite strategies. Like keep eating as many healthy whole foods as you can. If you want to put on weight, then choose the calorically dense foods. This is, this is foods that have, um, actually, I guess we should define calorically dense. Uh, calorie density is basically the, the way we're using it is how many calories are in a given volume of food. Uh, so the foods that take up a whole lot of room in your stomach, but, but don't provide many calories. Like let's say you ate a big salad with, with very little dressing on it, just ate a bunch of kale and spinach leaves that would not be a calorically dense meal and it would actually fill you up if you ate enough of it without putting too many calories in versus on the opposite end of the spectrum if you ate uh you know not a plant-based example but if you ate a bunch of steak that has lots and lots of fat in it or plant-based if you just ate a bunch of oil that doesn't take so much room in your stomach for the amount of calories that it provides so you could eat several thousand calories of that before you were totally totally full um so anyway the point is, if you're trying to, to lose weight, choose foods that aren't calorically dense. That way you feel full on a small amount of calories. If you're trying to gain weight, choose foods that are more calorically dense. If you're on a plant-based diet, then that's going to leave you with you know lots of nuts and seeds, nut butters, uh, oils like I mentioned. Uh, some, some vegetables like sweet potatoes are particularly calorically dense. Beans are, are not so low on the caloric density scale. Those are one of the more calorically dense plant foods. Avocado is a good example. So like these are the foods you would want to build your diet around so that you're getting a lot of calories relative to your amount of fullness. Um, and so you can see there, like th- that's the challenge of putting on weight on a plant-based diet is that you're limited to those foods rather than being able to go you know, drink a quart of whole milk and get all those calories. Not that that would be a good thing for your health in my opinion, but you can see that's you know, it's, it's easier to get calorically dense foods on a non-plant-based diet. Yes. Fair? I would say that's fair. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think with this question, you know, the answer, like you said, is very simple. Yes, you can you can gain weight or you can lose weight on a plant-based diet. I do not think that it's necessarily uh, a magic pill for either. Um, and I think that a lot of people kind of assume maybe that just by eating a vegan diet, by going vegan, you're going to automatically lose weight. Uh, that is certainly not the case. And a lot of people have not had success losing weight on a vegan diet, uh, in part because there's so much vegan junk food, right? I mean, it's all about whether you're going, uh, eating mostly whole foods and, and what, um, and also what kind of diet you're coming from. Because if you ate a lot of whole foods before that included, you know, chicken or, or something like that, then it's probably not going to be that huge of a difference for you. But if you're coming from kind of a very standard American diet with plenty of processed food, then certainly, then suddenly you transition to a, a diet that's like centered around whole food vegetables and salads and, you know, whole food grains and, and, uh, and that kind of thing, then, then yeah, you're probably going to lose weight fairly quickly. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily a magic pill, especially if it's just, uh, if it's just about cutting out meat and dairy. Yes, I agree with you. Um, when it comes to weight loss, I always recommend Joel Furman's book, Eat to Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, I don't know, I've just come across so many people, not so much recently, but in the heyday of that book, it was actually when I was on my book tour and I would just meet a bunch of random people. Uh, I met so many people who like had lost 80 pounds and they always, it seemed, had done it with Eat to Live. Mm. Um, that's not a surprise because Furman is good and he understands nutrition really well. And and honestly, his approach is really strict and, and difficult to follow uh, because you can't eat anything good on it. I mean, you can eat, it's, it, it alcohol is off, co- coffee mostly off, uh, oil completely off. Um, I don't know. I mean, sugar, again, just any treat food other than whole fruit, uh, is, is not on it. So, and like, and it's not like it's built in with a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's what, compliance sort of tricks or, or like things that would help. Like, Hey, here's a cheat day. 
Uh, I think he does say something like 5% of your calories can be, can be, you know, n- not the type of food he's, he's talking about. Uh, but just, I mean, I tried to do it for like four weeks or something and it was brutal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no knock on him, like, cause it works and he's a doctor and he's, and he's decided and studied and said, if you want the weight loss result, then do this. And he's, and he's right. It's just not built to be easy to follow. Uh, but I think if, if that's what you're looking to do and, and you've got the, the discipline, self-discipline to do it, then, then go, go read that book. And at least you'll know how to do it. And maybe, you, maybe you'll have some practical way of, of reaching that or some way that works for your life. But, uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's, a, I think it's a, a very sound approach and, and one that is healthy in the long run as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, when it comes to weight gain, I think that, uh, you know, you cover that one pretty well. I have no trouble gaining weight. Unfortunately, it's always just like belly fat, not, uh, not muscle, (laughs) but, but, you know, that's probably, I love some, I love me some carbs. So probably (laughs) contribute to that. You need the, uh, well, you don't need this, but the, uh, the vegan keto diet, Doug would, would cut those carbs out. Yeah, it would. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had that diet. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not saying, Doug, you need to lose any weight. No, thank you, man. the way you are. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. More of you to love. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, on that note, Doug, I guess we're done. Yeah, I think we wrapped up that, uh, that series pretty well. Hopefully people found it interesting, and uh, now we can go on to the next big project. That's right. I got an upward facing Doug. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that positivity. I learned this this morning. I was listening to okay. uh, the Daily Podcast. Um, What's that from Trevor the New York Noah? Times? Oh no, Trevor Noah would be uh, would be way more fun to listen to probably. But no, this is a New York Times a New York Times podcast that um, does like a deep dive on a topic every day. Just a short like 20, 30 minute podcast. Anyway, okay. today this was about inflation and how it's impacting people differently based on their lifestyle and um and what i learned was that uh vegetarians and and vegans uh have have beat inflation have uh, <laughs> are, are less impacted by inflation of course we haven't actually beat inflation but are much less impacted by inflation than than carnivores meat because our food our food just hasn't gone up in yeah price. the the prices of food hasn't uh, hasn't uh, impacted okay. vegetables as much so that's good that is an upward facing good tip yeah what I want to know is how did they how did they decide that I mean how did they how did they get think that I mean I guess it worked but like to me if you say that's our podcast niche is we're going to talk about a topic each episode <laughs> it, it's just, it would make it a lot easier for us to come up with episodes we wouldn't have to do these three part repeats of a blog post we could just say all yeah. we have to do is come up well, with a topic think, tomorrow <laughs> I think the difference is that they have like a research team that actually does it like in in depth you can speak intelligently about. A variety of topics, uh, <laughs> whereas uh, we would just be rambling about you know, <laughs> topics that we know a little bit about. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, like no, I mean it's, it's the it's like the number one podcast in America or something. One of them, maybe not. I don't know. Joe Rogan is up there. Whatever. It's it's one of the most popular podcasts. Wow. Okay. And it's very it's very good if you're into news or anything. That's a good way to to learn about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Good. All um, right. Yeah. So anyway, keep eating your vegetables. Yeah, and you'll beat inflation. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. And um, if you're listening to this, I'm going to make another plug to leave us a review on, on iTunes or, or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Wow. Uh, you have not requested that in like a couple years. Uh, I know. we got to <laughs> leave those reviews. got to grow this thing. <laughs> So that we can hire a research team. Yeah, right. Fact checkers. (laughs) Oh God, we fact checked all our episodes. That'd be terrible. I was at I was at a conference, Creator Economy Expo last week. It was about Web three type stuff and really cool, interesting stuff. But uh, a podcast. I think his name was Jordan Harbinger. Have you heard of him, Doug? As a podcast guy. Okay. They were acting like he was a big, big time, big deal, like uh, top fifteen, top ten show in the world. Um, Okay. But anyway, he said uh, he's got this team, and like he does his he does his episodes, and then they go off to two or three days of fact checking by the team, and then they come back, and it's just like a huge part of the process. And I hmm. like was writing in my notes, I was like, 
fact checking question mark like are you gonna do fact checking for podcasts <laughs> because we've made 400 episodes and i haven't checked a single fact once that we have said <laughs> i guess maybe it's implied by the way we talk about things that these aren't facts that these are just this is just <laughs> our random and ideas and i don't know they're facts yeah. to us they're uh yeah, but and it was actually when he said that that I was like, okay, so that like he's this is an entirely different league that he is in from us. Where like mm. you, I guess, I guess if you say something that isn't factual or is is determined to, you know, be wrong, then people will just kill you for it. Um, I mean, we must have hundreds of times said something that we're like misquoted or, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We just. And it's not never done with ill intent. Not we're not bending facts to try to. Check. I guess if we, I guess if we were trying to promote the vegan diet and we made up false facts or or mistakenly made up false things. I guess you could view that as us making up things to to serve our agenda. Um, but did you know that eating vegetables uh, will uh, increase your lifespan by one hundred and fifty percent? And it will also it will also prevent inflation from impacting you in any way. <laughs> that's that's right. You completely beat inflation. That's right. Yeah. So that's why everyone should go vegan. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no. Uh, obviously, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, you know, I think so. It's probably a different league, or it's undoubtedly a different league if you have a team of fact checkers. But it also, I think, uh, you know, they're probably it's a probably different style podcast. You know. It actually is, yeah. I think he's he's there to teach you about topics. Again, he has like three or four topics: neuroscience and true crime and whatever. I don't know what else. But neuroscience uh, <laughs> and true crime. Honestly, it was like weird stuff like that. He like had this weird mix of topics that, to huh. me, struck me as very strange for a niche. But uh, I guess it works for him. Okay. All right. All right, All right everyone. Thanks Good for listening. Time. We will see you next time. Sounds good.